This is the I Make a Living podcast, brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. This is a bonus episode for those of us who are currently on lockdown with our families. Lisa Canning, who is featured in one of my favorite episodes of season one, is all about work-life balance, and she's here to the rescue. Lisa is an expert at juggling a career with, get this, eight kids. Yeah, for the past 10 years, she's run an interior design company and worked in front of and behind the camera on HGTV shows. Now, she's known as the Possibility Mom, where through speaking, coaching, and courses, she helps moms. But this episode is for moms, dads, or anyone else who is quarantined with others. I know I'm at home right now with two kids and a husband and trying to run my business. Lisa, I hear you have little ones running in the background. You now have eight kids. You've upped the ante since last season. How are you managing right now? You know, I'm happy and hopeful. I have to be very honest with you. I'm trying very hard to see the best and what could be a gift in this very trying time. And I'm relying on all my experience of juggling (laughs) many different things. Um, And all of that is coming into play uh, during this very unique period in history. Oh, yes. I love your positivity. (laughs) But I also love that with now eight kids, you really have worked out a system for your life that keeps everything in order. Like I remember from last season, you said you looked around your messy minivan before you had your system. And you said, my priorities are as messy as my minivan. So how did you begin to get that under control and talk to us about how you organize your life now that we're in this pandemic and the kids are all at home? What I came to understand pretty quickly about time management is that it's not actually time you are managing. Of course, that's a reality. We, we all only have 24 hours in a day. Some of that has to be sleeping, what have you. But what was the major pain point for me was that my relationships were suffering. During that minivan meltdown period, I was working around the clock, to be honest, and hardly ever seeing my husband. I would leave the house before my kids were even up and come home long after they had been in bed. And that was the first aha for me was that can I actually schedule quality time in with my family and have that come as a priority and work other things around it? And I found when I started to do that, so when I started to put items in my calendar, appointments in my calendar that satisfied priorities that were not just work, (laughs) I felt more um, fulfilled. I felt more peaceful. My relationships were better. And all around, I felt less guilt. Lisa, you're saying scheduling things that are not work-related, like what kind of things are you talking about? Time with kids? Oh, everything. So if you want to be remembered as someone who was a loving and present wife, there are activities that have to be present today if you want to be remembered that way. If you want to be remembered as a mom who was supportive and present... Your children have to have memories today of you not being on your phone all the time. I just sort of made these connections that if I continued acting the way I was, which was a workaholic and always on my phone, the memories, the people who mattered most to me would not be the kind of memories that mattered. So yes, the kinds of things that I'm literally saying you schedule is literally 
a date night with your spouse, minimum once a week for me. Um, even in this pandemic, I think you need to create a special um, environment, even if it's just wine and cheese presented beautifully on a board, what have you, continue that practice that you might have had or maybe wanted to have, but then never got around to. And then I'm a really big believer in scheduling minimum an hour. If you can do more, do more, but minimum one hour where you just put your phone away and you are just present with the kids. It's actually on this podcast and I'm forever grateful for this podcast. So I gained such clarity on what work-life balance means to me. I was asked right here on this podcast, when do you know you've achieved work-life balance? And I had never really been asked that question before, which is very interesting. And I remember the answer came so quickly when I was asked it and it felt so profound. And it really, to me, you can feel like you've achieved work-life balance when you don't feel guilty in whatever activity you're participating in. So when you're on the floor playing with your kids and your phone is away, you don't feel bad that you're not getting back to clients or you're not answering emails. And then conversely, when you're sitting in your desk and you're focused and you're uh, you know, talking to clients or you're creating something awesome and you're away from your family, you don't feel bad because you know that in a few hours time or whatever that block of time is, you're going to return back to them and you're going to show up present. And I think that's the other thing we have to remember as entrepreneurs. A lot of the women that I coach, I coach some in pretty incredible high-performing moms. They've done amazing things. I've got people in my business who are high up at hospitals, who are administrators at, at colleges. It's pretty incredible. They, So many people already have the skills at work. It's like, especially when you're an entrepreneur, you've learned a little bit of grit. You've learned some tenacity. You've learned skills to move you forward. And all I'm arguing is we take those exact same skills that have made you successful in business or successful in your career. And we translate all those things at home. It is possible for all. Yes. And that really resonated for me when I listened to your episode as well. And you also said something about learning to say no, because if you're saying yes to everything, (laughs) then you're going to feel guilty everywhere you are because you're not doing that other thing that you said yes to. Mm-hmm. So here's the really practical takeaway that I hope if you're, if some, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, there's just not enough hours in the day. Yes. I want to show up for all my relationships, but I also have a business to run. I have mouths to feed those relationships. You know, here's the thing. First thing we got to do is schedule the things that are most important. And I argue our health, our marriages, and our kids must come before career. And if you want to debate that with me, Feel free to take it over to Instagram at Lisa Canning and get into my DMs and we can debate that until the cows come home. I used to think that providing financially for my family meant that I was putting them above work, but that is simply not the case. It's just not the case. Um, And so what I argue is we actually put those appointments in first. So what does that look like? For example, your health. Maybe that's waking up an hour before your kids get up and you are doing some light stretching or you're taking a run around the block or what have you, you're eating a healthy breakfast and maybe you're doing some prayer or some meditation and then you face the day, right? Um, Maybe that is like we mentioned date night or even just like connecting time with your spouse every single day, for example. And then for kids, especially in this pandemic, putting away your phone, putting away your computer and just being present, playing a board game, reading books um, or what have you, going outside for a walk. And then you fit the work in, in the time remaining right? And this is where we have to get laser focused. And this is where I see people do it wrong. And this is where I think many time management systems that exist don't clarify or don't emphasize the nuance that is required. 
we have to schedule those things first, because if we don't, we're going to lose the relationships that matter most. Okay. And again, you want to debate that with me, take it over to Instagram and you can debate that with me. But then with the remaining time, we've got to then be so clear on what are the activities that are going to move us forward in our goals. So for example, if you want to do a pick a number, a hundred thousand dollar year, a $300,000 year, a million dollar year, whatever it is, what are the activities that you can control that will get you closer to that goal with the most amount of certainty? So for example, one book that I love is The Four Disciplines of Execution. And in this book, they talk about the whirlwind and the wig. The whirlwind is like emails and maybe like vendor appointments or like other people demanding time of you, administration stuff. The wig, they call it your wildly important goal, is actually a much smaller number of activities, but it's the things that will actually get you closer to whatever big goal it is in your heart. And so we have got to, as entrepreneurs and people who care about living lives that are whole and holistic, even in this time of pandemic, more so in this time of pandemic, but we have to be able to differentiate what are the activities that maybe are just keeping me busy and what are the activities that are actually going to move the needle forward? They're going to move the needle forward in terms of growing my audience. They're going to move the needle forward in terms of growing my, um, you know, my bottom line, my bank account. They're going to move the needle forward in terms of a legacy or fondness of my audience, all those things. We have to have clarity on what those activities are. Yes, I'm in agreement with you on that. I will say, just being real with our audience, during this pandemic, while I, for now three weeks, have been on lockdown with my kids, trying to also run school, the expectation, initially my husband was like, nine to three, we're doing school. And then it was like, Well, just like no TV time before three. And it's kind of gotten to like, you know what? Do what you got to do. Because I'm also, I'm producing this podcast. I produce another podcast. I have clients. I have articles that I I have a lot of other things that I'm trying to turn out. And now that work time, even from having an organized schedule like that, has gotten truncated. And now there's other people in the space. And you also, as an interior designer, I imagine you would have some insight into how to organize your workspace along with your life so that you can get it all done and stay focused. Focus. Focus is the word. So so let me just very practically, I have a free download uh, that people can go to if you'd like to have this all broken down and in your computer. So it's a bit more concrete. But the first thing that I recommend people do during this pandemic and in life, if you're going to, you know, (laughs) and in life is to negotiate when you can get focused time. When I was a young entrepreneur running my interior design business, which was my former career, I learned pretty quickly that juggling things and trying to work in the presence of my children did not produce optimal results. Not only did it not produce optimal results in the work I was doing, but it also made me a bad mom. To be very honest, I was short with them. I was like snippy. And then I would feel guilty that I was snippy because they were interrupting me because of course they're interrupting me because I'm their mother and they want me. Right. And so can you fight for focus time? So what does that look like? If you are married and you are fortunate enough to have a partner and you can switch on and off, I would say For example, can mom get two hours in the morning where it's complete focus time and then dad gets focus time in the afternoon, for example, and you're tag teaming when you can get focus time. So remember what I was talking about with differentiating the activities that will move the needle forward in your business. When you have that focus time, you only do those things. So you only do the things that you need absolute quiet for. So for example, me right now, my morning block 
is my focus time. And this is when I schedule all of my client calls, all uh, recording things just like this. And then I know that I will have an afternoon block when my children are on screens (laughs) or doing other things that I can get to activities that don't require necessarily undivided attention, or I can be pulled into it. But then if somebody needs me, I can pop out with success and then I can come back into it. So for me, that's things like emails, that's things like social media um, uploading, that's things like connecting with um, members of my team and what have you. I'm okay if I am um, somewhat divided. And then the other thing that's really important is that we know we can acknowledge and have grace and permission, oh my word, permission, that some things are just going to be on pause right now, or some things are just going to be modified and be okay with that. And if I may, I think this pandemic has brought out a new layer of perfectionism that is just simply not necessary. Homeschooling can be, and this is from, I am a former homeschooler. We've just recently moved our family from Toronto, Canada to Southwest Florida. And when we first arrived here for various reasons, we decided to homeschool for about three months. So I had at that time, seven children at home (laughs) and I was homeschooling. So I did all the research on what homeschooling looks like if you were to do it all the time, like through the year. A typical homeschool day is two and a half hours, right? When you think about it, a traditional school, a lot of the time is recess, play, transition, waiting for everybody to, you know, get their stuff together, come sit on the carpet, what have you. If you really just truncated all the actual education, I really think during this pandemic, two and a half hours, depending on the age uh, group, of course, but two and a half hours is is more than adequate. And then of course, if people need to do um, work outside of that, that's more independent, of course you can do that. But I really believe, and I just want to give people, you know, permission that this doesn't necessarily need to become another full-time job. Homeschooling can actually be a time of great connection and great bonding with your kids, if I may be very honest. That's great. And I know you you advise a lot of moms in business and you have the book, The Possibility Mom, and I'm on board with you. It took me a while to get my husband on board with it because he's a little bit more about the academics, but we recently made a shift that instead of thinking of it like subjects, like the school day is organized, I have made it time blocks and sort of goals for the kids that we can check off the chalkboard and it's kind of fun for them. Like it's almost like they have their task list. So we have like activity time, creativity time, learning time, and we kind of alternate through the day. So that's where we are right now. Like a week from now, we could be in a totally different place. But I I think it's so great that you're giving moms also permission to not have to do it, quote unquote, the right way or be perfect about it. We don't have to be perfect about anything, to be very frank with you. Honestly, I think the, 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 the main goal for us during this period is forming greater connections with our families, really and truly. I think that the biggest gift, and this is not at all to um, you know, not take very seriously how really tragic. I actually just, unfortunately, I, ha- I now have a close to home case that um, is very trying. Uh, the person actually passed away. Oh, so I'm not, I'm not sorry. trying to at all diminish um, what is happening. But what if the gift of this time was that we realize the importance of family and of connection and of 
like examination of what is truly important to us. When I was in that minivan meltdown, when I was in that time of working easily 80 hours and never seeing my spouse and never seeing my children, I wanted to be a good wife. I wanted to be a good mom, but I didn't know what that looked like in activity. And I think in the absence of some of the things that maybe we don't actually want to do, but we're doing because we feel bad, you know, or this is the way it was always done, or I was in competitive swimming, so I want my child to be in competitive swimming. We think other people are doing that, so we have to do that too. What if the gift of this time was that we had the courage and the tenacity to look inward and say, this is what is important to me. This is what I want to be the definition of my family. This is the legacy I want to leave. And I'm going to be a changed person as a result. And when I'm through this pandemic, there's going to be things that I do differently, things that I have more gratitude around, things that I can will feel a greater sense of authenticity, a greater sense of joy. And that is what I truly hope is the gift of this time. Oh, that's so great. And, you know, I was talking to another mompreneur uh, last week and she was saying it was also such a relief that she didn't have to be shuttling her kids around all over town to different lessons and back to school. And, and that, she's also found a little bit of peace in the slow down in the small moments of just being able to breathe. And I have to admit, like my kids are definitely trying me, but there is something in that for me as well of just like, we can go on a walk after dinner. And that's a really different pace that we're taking on. I have said this before and I'll say it again right here. And it always causes a little bit of contention. There are always the people in my audience who are the diehard hockey, you know, what have you. And and they just, this always causes a little bit of contention, but I'm going to say it anyways. I believe that we are a very over-programmed modern culture. I 100% believe that if a child has a skill, um, that it should be fostered. And so if, if hockey is the thing, or if piano or violin is the thing that they've expressed interest in or dance, whatever it is, of course, let's foster it. But if fostering that activity is coming at the expense of peace in the home, I truthfully don't believe it's worth it. Let's find other ways to foster that activity that are a bit more recreational, a little bit more fun. I think that we've put so much emphasis in the modern Um, landscape of parenting to produce these mini stars or these mini protégés or what have you. And I just really think that we have to examine what that does to us as a family unit. And if we are going to pursue something that does require quite a bit of time, then what do we have to say no to, to ensure that there is peace in the home? Yes. And as you're talking about saying yes to certain things and saying no to other things, I just want to go back a moment because you mentioned having a team. And this is a time where a lot of our listeners are solopreneurs or have a very small team. And you said on the episode last season that outsourcing is one of your gifts. And there were three elements in that, automate, delegate, and delete. You just talked about deleting some of the things. Can you talk a little bit about how you can automate and delegate, especially during this pandemic where a lot of people are working, well, everyone is working virtually, essentially. So let's talk domestically, okay? Well, a lot of the moms in my world, I've been really trying to be an open ear as much as possible. I've been doing free time management strategy phone calls with people. And what I'm hearing is 
one of the biggest pain points is just home management, like the amount of laundry, the amount of dishes, the amount of, you know, cleaning up and all these things. Cause everyone is home. Everyone's in the space. And I know when I was homeschooling, um, quote unquote professionally, like when we chose to do it for a period, I thought I had to do it all myself. Like really and truly, I was like, okay, well, I've got to keep the kitchen clean. It's like my responsibility. It's my classroom. I've got to, I've got to do it. I quickly realized that, you know, three sets of dishes, three meals, all in the home, all in the exact same space that I was going to be pretty gosh darn exhausted and not able to do anything else if I personally took that on. And so what I had to do was literally look at, okay, children, I'm delegating to you. And it has been um, such a beautiful thing to watch my older children rise to the occasion. So they know automatically my, my two older boys, they unload the dishwasher in the morning. My two oldest girls, they load the dishwasher. Everybody knows, you know, to sweep and to wipe down counters. And of course I'm providing quite a bit of direction. It's not like a, um, a well-oiled machine that I'm not part of, but how can you involve, especially your older children? How can you involve your older children to actually even entertain your younger children. And if you only have very small children, how can you get them to do a little bit so that you're just sort of coming back in and maybe quote unquote correcting it or quote unquote making it a bit more efficient, but actually delegate to your children. I think that's a really um, important task. I believe that it's important to have peace in the home, right? So as a former interior designer, uh, spaces can very much impact our mental health and of course our productivity. But let's be graceful with ourselves in this period. Uh, I used to be, I mean, I still really struggle with this of having every single room like Pinterest worthy all the time. And what I've done in this season is I just, I'm like the priority is this living room and kitchen. I live, we have an open concept, living room, dining room, kitchen type of thing. And that's it. That is my priority. And if everything else is kind of like, a, you know, a, a, an adequate level of like hygienic and, and, and tidy, I'm okay. But I'm also okay if they are not at the normal standard. I think we kind of have to do that in this period, especially in the absence of help, right? You know, like Mm -hmm. I have not had a babysitter (laughs) in three weeks, I guess, right? Right. So it's just, we've got to be gentle with ourselves. And so I would look at the tasks in the home the same way that you might look at tasks um, in your work is what are the things that you essentially need to show up for and what are the things that really anybody else could do? Yeah. And I, I've been doing the same thing with my oldest. My youngest is not quite uh, trainable yet, <laughs> yet, but working on it. But it's been really great also seeing her have a sense of purpose because we have to remember as moms and dads, like they had a job of going to school and now their job has changed dramatically and the kids are looking for a sense of purpose too. So if we can keep them busy, that keeps their mind off of the fact that they're also missing their friends and missing their regular routine. Mm-hmm, 100%. I think too, it's interesting, not that I'm any kind of anthropologist or anything, but I, I always find it interesting to look back in history to how we parented and how we lived in community. Back in the day when we were more agricultural, children came to work with the parents in the fields. Kids would be in backpacks or front packs or whatever on the mom, and the family would do many domestic things together. And so I just think it's always interesting um, how far we've come from that. And not that, of course, unless you're literally running a farm, it doesn't look exactly the same. But I do think it's important to look back in history of where the family unit sort of came from and how we've evolved. 
Yes. Well, whether we're running a farm or a small business or just an apartment right now, I am so grateful for your advice and for your sense of calm and gratitude and positivity and uh, keep being out there and sharing that wisdom with the moms that you coach. Thank you so much, Lisa. Oh, it's so my pleasure. Thank you. Don't forget to implement Lisa's great tips from today. Put your loved ones into your schedule first. Give yourself permission not to need to be perfect. And have the courage to look inward during this time and ask yourself what matters to you most. Don't forget to pick up a copy of Lisa's book, The Possibility Mom, How to Be a Great Mom and Pursue Your Dreams at the Same Time. This podcast was brought to you by FreshBooks, the number one cloud accounting solution for small business owners and their teams. Have you checked out our special link that's just for our podcast listeners? It's freshbooks.com slash I-M-A-L, and you'll get an exclusive offer there to try out FreshBooks and see if it's right for you. Our audio engineer and composer is James Morris. Producing and direction comes from Paco Erzmendi, and I'm your producer and your host, Demona Hoffman. Let's connect. I'm at Demona Hoffman or at DemonaHoffman.com. And I'm offering a lot of resources right now about how to manage your relationships during this trying time. So check it out. We'll continue to be here for you through this pandemic with regular episodes every Monday. And in the meantime, you can connect with us on Facebook. We have a special page at Facebook.com slash I Make a Living, where we encourage you to share your story, your challenges, your questions, and join us as we work through this pandemic together.